Emmy Award-winning producer, actor, and comedian Larry Wilmore is back on the air, hosting a podcast where he weighs in on the issues of the week and interviews guests in the world of politics, entertainment, culture, sports, and beyond. Check out Larry Wilmore Black on the Air on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is presented by Walmart Plus. Walmart Plus is the membership that helps you save on things you expect, plus the things you don't, like free delivery from your store with no markups, gas savings, and even a free Paramount Plus subscription. Start your free 30-day trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus essential plan only, separate registration required, $35 order minimum. See walmart.com slash plus for details. Nathan, we've got to start using Apple Cash. Uh, okay. Why? It's so easy and convenient. Apple Cash lives in messages where you and I text all the time. We do. All right. So I can pay you in the convos we're already having, like I do when I bribe you to say nice things about my favorite Taylor Swift songs. You'll never forget a payment or have the money just sitting somewhere collecting dust. You do owe me money from the last time we saw those Taylor and Travis picks, so that is nice. (laughs) And once I've done that, you can use that cash right away. You can buy stuff at a store with Apple Pay. So I don't have to do all the bank transfer stuff then? Nope. It's just right there. It's easy, convenient, and secure. Wait, did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? See how easy that was? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hello, and welcome to every single album, Adele, for the last time. I'm Nora Princiati. I am a staff writer at The Ringer. I'm here, as always, with Nathan Hubbard and... Our very extra special guest for today, Juliette Littman. Hello, Juliet. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being with us. And Juliet is here as our expert resource into Adele because Juliet. I'm massively cor- intimidated. Correct me if, if this is wrong. You are to Adele as Nathan and I are to Taylor Allison Swift. I think so. I You know, I think I I feel like I know less about Adele than you guys do about Taylor Swift, but I think that's on Adele. I don't think that's on me. Yeah, she she puts out she puts out less for me to know. But um, she's not leaving scarves. No, here, there, and everywhere. No, she's not. She also like only posts on social media like once in a blue moon, and it's definitely a different vibe. But yeah, I, I love Adele deeply. I mean. I've just got a lot of thoughts that I've been working through on jam session, which you can also check out. We've basically been on the Adele beat for like two months and yeah, I mean more than anything, I love, just love, love the tunes. I love a vocalist. I'm obsessed with vocals in general. I was really into season one of the voice as a result. And, um, as someone who loves both pop music and, and uh, beautiful vocals, I just love it. You've come to the right place. <laughs> Good. Thrilled to be here. <laughs> So were you an Adele fan, like from the beginning? When, what was your entry point? In 2006 or seven, um, I don't know if you guys will remember this, but Starbucks used to give out one free song per week. (laughs) I'm familiar. And one of the Starbucks free songs in 2006, 2007 was um, Hometown Glory by Adele. I like it in the city when the air is so thick and opaque. And my college roommate, who remains one of my best friends, Claudia and I used to like download all the free songs and we loved Hometown Glory. And then Chasing Pavements came along and we were just like super into Adele from a very early stage. Uh, We like to say we discovered Adele, which is not true, but we are among her first fans in America. That's for sure. I think that counts. I think you should be able to claim that. Thank you. If that's the case, what I need from you immediately is a defense of 19. Can you do that? I love, I love 19. I, I know. really do. I listen I need to it all the, the time. I need the defense of 19. Talk well, to wait, me. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Juliet, do you often find yourself in um, like a steakhouse lounge enjoying the vibe in the <laughs> yes. ambience? Do you go to Mastro's and love the band there? I've never been to Mastro's, but I'm sure I would like it. I do like a, a steakhouse vibe. I went to a steakhouse last night, in fact. Um, <laughs> Was ooh. there a band? Uh, no, there wasn't, but there was really good food. Um, I mean, what's, I don't, what do I need to defend? There's so many good songs. I mean, there's a little bit too much like percussion on 19, I would say, but like best for last. How dare you think you'd get away with trying to blame me? I absolutely love Daydreamer. Okay. Love. Daydreamer with 
eyes and make you melt. You still um, go back to those? Yeah. I listen to Best for Last all the time. And I find I find 19 to be a really good like background, like waking up, doing some errands, chores record. I love it. I don't like Melt My Heart to Stone that much. And I hear your words No. But I don't know. Also, oh, um, I love that one. When yeah. I'm really, really stressed out, I listen to Make You Feel My Love on a loop, her version, Absolutely. obviously. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's like, That's you know. the defense. I think that and Chasing Pavements, I get. It just as an album felt like a series of demo it's tapes. Disjoint. Yeah, it's disjointed. Okay. But also to each their own. And I think Juliet is telling us that she has more of a, a taste for some of the vibes that we found a little loungy, but other people see a lot of beauty in. And, and, and you I know, love that. At the time, she was kind of loungy. Like her right. first tour in the U.S. was like Super small loungy. clubs, cafes, lounges. And she just, you know, sat there on her stool. And um, I don't know. I just I, I always loved her voice. Just like really loved it. I love a, a, a brilliant vocalist. Um, my top song of the year tier in 2021 was Through the Rain by Mariah Carey from 2002, which is like it, like the fourth single off of Charlie wow. Bracelet. Wow. Oh, wow. You've just been hammering the Mariah. I just love, I love a diva. I love a, a great female vocalist. I can stand up once again on my own. Did you feel that she was that diva on 19? Were you an Amy Winehouse fan? Did you it find was. her that way? Like, how, yes. how was there lineage for you there? Or did you see her as something different? Because one of the journeys that we've been on through this process is seeing how she had a lot of those influences and I think probably unfairly was pegged that way. Once the label actually let her be Adele, she blossomed into something much, much bigger. But I'm just curious how you, the lineages that you were into that brought you to her. I, I love, well, seriously, Starbucks brought me to her, but um, I, <laughs> I love Amy Winehouse. I actually saw, I think I went to her last U.S. performance at Lollapalooza in 2007. Oh, wow. Bless. And I assumed that love is a game is like somewhat um, 30 is inspired by Amy Winehouse. It has such an Amy Winehouse feeling. And um, she has a song, similar title. And she's definitely a lot of Amy Winehouse on 30. I think Adele said she loves Amy Winehouse anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Frank, she was sort of, so than- I love Frank I think too. originally the specter of Amy loomed so large that it was almost taboo Impossible. for her to say it. And she was sort yeah. of like, no, no, we're not all the same. And then as time has passed, she's been a little bit more like, yeah, of course. Like, yeah, I was massively I mean, inspired by her. I remember when Chasing Pavements came out, I was like, why wasn't this the first single here in America? It's like clearly better than Hometown Glory. But I just, I always loved her music. I don't know. I never was like this. I, I just always like connected with it. I find like her sort of like, love sickness and reverence for a period that she never actually experienced. Both, both of those really resonate with me. And, um, like I just how thought, you feel yeah. about the Beatles right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm mourning the meat, <laughs> the Beatles breakup, but just in, in general, I really related to like the sense of kind of like, she's almost like out of time and out of place. And, mm-hmm. uh, the universality yeah. of what she sings about, like always really connected for me. And yeah, I, ever since hometown glory, I've always been a fan. And then, you know, make you feel my love has been my on repeat song for like, you know, 10 plus years now. I could hold you for a million years to make you feel my love. I think 19 is a great, like just relaxing vibe. I can, I can understand if it's not for you, but I really enjoy it. So the universality being something that appeals to you is really interesting to me because what we ultimately want to do is we're going to get back to 30 and sort of revisit it in the context of having gone from the beginning. But I'm curious what you feel like Adele gives her fans, like what is the central sort of thesis statement of what it means to be an Adele fan? Mm -hmm. Because one thing that I sort of discovered going through her discography and also just sort of her her track record of being a star and being in public or not being in public is she seems to really make it a point to kind of be accessible to everyone or to try to be. And sometimes that works for me. And then sometimes 
it, it gets sort of muddy and very generalized to me. I mean, obviously it exists in very sharp contrast to like Taylor Swift dropping incredibly specific details about individualized experiences in her life. Adele is much more opaque, but also in some ways much more universal because it's so broad. What is the experience of being a fan of someone who exists in that way where you're not necessarily being let in to the hyper-specific? Sure. Well, I just say I'm not a huge fan of 25 and didn't enjoy the press around 25 and the tour wow. around 25, though I went to it. Um, I think 25 is boring. Um, and wow. <laughs> Whoa. We're like, I do. We're like I noise on TikTok where it's like, wow, wow, wow. What is happening? I listen to it the least of all of her records. Um, do you listen to it at all? I listen to it a little. I don't love it. I like All I Ask a lot, but that's because it's written by Bruno Mars. Take me by the You love the key change. I love Bruno Mars's music. I think he's a wonderful songwriter. And <laughs> it's like, do not get this twisted. I love the music of Bruno Mars. <laughs> yeah, okay. I do. Okay. Uh, I would like, like for him to sing that song. I wish that Bruno Mars went back towards like the ballads of his early days. Anyway, I digress. Um, so I think Adele with 21, you know, in writing like one of the best breakup albums of all time gave the world music to listen to when you're in pain and music to obviate the need to identify how you're feeling. It's just like, how are you feeling? Listen to this Adele song. And I think that's like a gift to people who struggle with their emotions and people who are just struggling. Like, I think being able to find the company that your misery needs from Adele on 21 is like so beautiful. And like, I just, you know, I can think of all the times I like felt heartbroken. I was like, well, I need to listen to to this album right now. There's also a really amazing, I mean, I think like that album start to finish is a, is a fully realized album and the uh, progression of songs and the, is just like really wonderful. And it sort of takes you on a ride, which I really enjoy. Um, I mentioned that specifically because I think 21 is about these universal feelings of heartbreak. Heartbreak. Yeah. You know, and she pretty amazingly has kept the identity of the heartbreaker pretty offline. There's not a lot lot known about who Adele's singing about, right? And you can dig. There's some stuff out there, whatever. But in general. But it's not like nothing confirmed, nothing clear, nothing. Correct. And also because she put so much distance between like when the songwriting begins, when the albums come out, typically it's sort of like it's in the rear window for her. And so I think that like universality really is amazing with 30. It's the opposite, right? Like she very clearly talks about how this is about her divorce. And this is sort of like, you know, she's very, um, I would say kind to her ex-husband, to her son's father, as she refers to him mostly in interviews these days. Um, And I think that's like, really fascinating attempt to control a narrative in a different way. And I think that 30 really, uh, and, and the way that she's positioned 30 reflects a lot of, um, regret and learning from the 21 experience. I think 25 is boring because she was like not in touch with like her sadness for that, that moment, to be honest. Um, but I think that, so, so I think with, um, to back to your question, Nora, to like really be an Adele fan where she's very particular about what she lets you in on and the narrative she wants to have. And that she's become way, way more in control of that in um, you know, the last few months than I think she was previously. It really foregrounds the music. And that is something that I have felt pretty strongly over the last couple of uh weeks, especially in comparison to like the art project that is Red Taylor's version, is it has to really, the conversation has to be focused on the songwriting choices and the influences and, and the live performances. And it, it, um, makes me relieved that we don't have to like be kind of parsing through, you know, I, I think like questions of power and gender politics that I think a lot, what Taylor Swift really wants to like tangle with to, to, um, you know, varying effectiveness. So it's interesting that it's like more about, so it's it, she's foregrounding the music, but it also sounds like it's a little bit more, it's like a gift to the fan to wallow in or just totally. to sort of 
like totally. let wash over them. Whereas I think even even the Taylor stuff that's for the heartbroken, it's about like, let me take some of this off of you by showing you that I have been through this. And all of a sudden you're like caught up in Taylor's nonsense and you forget about your own. That's yeah. at least what it's been to me. But it's a completely different like I'm not, you know, you sort of you you experience the feelings to it. But it's much more about sort of lightening the load through commiserating. Yeah, absolutely. It's less like I'm going to sit in this and wallow in it like a warm blanket and just feel things. I also have to say Adele doesn't want to talk about this. And so I and she doesn't want to be the narrative. So I don't really want to be the narrative. But I actually think Adele's defiance about like about her weight loss and just about her personal appearance and her deliberateness is also like just really fascinating to me. And like on jam session and in here, I like, I I don't really like want to, I like, I hesitate to bring it up, but I think that like, because Adele has been unconventional, like from the beginning in terms of, you know, she was heavier. She was like a lounge singer in the pop space. And then, you know, I would say 21 and 25, she's like, has like this incredible makeup that is like almost like the sort of, the way that she did her makeup was like so impressive and she was so insistent on like the gowns all the time and just really like, you know, kind of looking like a Vegas singer all the time. Like she is like always ready for her Vegas residency, which is now happening. And now, you know, because I think she wants to be clear that she didn't like lose weight to lose weight, but as like a mental health, you know, this is like actually um, a byproduct of what she did for her mental health. I, I actually think that's really interesting and transgressive in a way that's hard to talk about and parse because she has so clearly not wanted her appearance and like her physical self to be the focus of her music. But at the same time, she's always had such a striking appearance. I, I'm not completely with 19, but that's what happens when you get famous and you get more money, right? You get more opportunities to shape how you look. But I I also, I personally find that really interesting and different. Well, I think that's a piece of it too, right? It's, it's, I think one thing that I imagine would be difficult for her as someone who has gone so out of her way. I mean, even to the point of tweaking her, not her entire accent, but the way that she says words so that they come across more universally probably some of the ways in which she, you know, prioritizes whatever version of health feels right for her, both mentally and physically, they're not going to be relatable, right? Like they're not universal. She has a private chef probably and a trainer. And I just would imagine that the element of privilege and money that goes into that and makes it look, it's, it's, it's easier to lose weight if you have those resources. Totally. That's sort of an ugly truth, but it is a truth. I bet that is also kind of thorny for someone who totally fills that role for people. I'll tell you what I can't relate to is deadlifting 170 pounds, which is what (laughs) she told Oprah in that special. Holy shit. But I think she said it in Vogue too. Yeah. Did that special bother you in particular? Did the celebrity guest list? I mean, we could probably do an entire pod on that. Nora refuses to really go down that, that path with me fully, but did it bother you? Like there is this every woman accessibility to Adele and and the way that you speak about the songs has me reflecting on whether I'm just missing that she's being very intentional about the universal accessibility of the lyrical component of her songs in particular. But this is a very, like it's more flaunting of celebrity friendship than we've seen. It didn't feel like in your face and I thought she was, you know, wonderfully... I just I I love the Oprah interview because of the few moments in which she actually reflected on the way that her creative process happens. But I was a little jarred to see just a bunch of famous people in the audience. Did that bother you at all? Big time, man. There's nothing more disappointing than your favorite relatable celebrity moving to Beverly Hills, buying three houses at the end of a cul-de-sac and dating an agent. I mean, that's getting a terrible tattoo. Yeah. I mean, tattoos are not for me no matter what, but, um, yeah, I find it really disappointing. I, I really love her music and it's also like not for me to decide how she lives out her largesse, but yeah, man, I mean, moving to Beverly Hills and dating an agent is like just not the outcome I was looking for here. Super agent, rich Paul. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, what is the alternative though? I know. I, I talked about this a lot. Who should she date? I don't know. I don't know who well, she could also, date. But also, like, how should she live? Right? Like, I would say not. Maybe one house. house at the end. 
of the cul-de-sac. Part of this is that I don't understand LA culture in the same way and the various different choices that could have been made to that end. Like maybe there's a more low key way to do that. But like, she's She's not going to have a non-glamorous lifestyle. Sure. Sure. I think what I find disappointing about it is there's a real lack of imagination and like what it looks like to be rich and famous. Uh, And I think that kind of gets back to like the guest list of it. Actually, have you guys seen um, the Italian job, the Mark Wahlberg version? No. One of my my favorite movies. Well, Edward Norton's in the villain in that movie. And like he steals everyone's money. And instead of like coming up with his own wants and desires, he, he goes after what everyone else said they wanted with the gold. And that sort of like reminds me of this. Although Adele is not a villain. I love her, but it's sort of like, it's sort of like if you had never been to LA or like only watched 90210 and that's all you knew about being rich in Los Angeles. And you were like, okay, I'm going to do that. So I, I find that strange, but at the same time, I don't know that I don't, I can't say if I'd make different decisions, but my feeling about the, the Oprah special was that, um, Seth Adele Rogen was me. super baked. Well, he said, yeah, he said that on uh, Fallon that he had never met her. I, I had thought she'd like, they just invited rich people or famous people, which he then confirmed. And my thought on the special in general was that it was like a very controlled event. And like, this is sort of like just Adele doing it on her terms, which is like super glam and that she loves being famous and, or no, actually I don't think that I don't think she loves being famous. I think she loves being rich, which many people do. Yeah. I, I sort of, I feel similarly, which I don't, I think it's hard to sort of begrudge her for. Right. Of course. Because, yeah. Again, many people do. Uh, the distinction between inviting just a bunch of famous people versus inviting a bunch of famous people who she knows, I do think, like, I have joked to Nathan that I wish there had been a Beckham mm. there. Um, it's hard to believe there wasn't. I'm, Probably couldn't yeah, make it. Agreed. So that's what but, I said. She was up on the wall in those images. Yeah. Well, but right. If, school, if, but if you'd been, that's in some ways, like, I'm mostly kidding, but that's in some ways the point of it is, if it had been, even if they were all celebrities, if for some reason uh, there were more people where you were like, oh, clearly you know her or you have some connection with her versus just like, here's the famous people. We can achieve this sort of aesthetic thing that's going to be a spectacle because there's going to be a bunch of famous people on camera. Then maybe that would have been like somehow slightly more. Yeah, I will say I have enjoyed her choice, her post-release press choices more than I did in the run up to it. And I, I think like, I don't know if you guys saw, but she went on Nikki tutorials and did like this yeah. makeup yeah. thing. Yeah. Half and half. If you have a, you have a song because it titled, would be a once, I drink so. wine. I bring the okay. wine. Um, I'll give you a big glass. If Thank you. Yes. I still have to do your eyeliner. Well, this is exactly what it would look like if I did my makeup then, if you get pissed. Cheers, babes. I'm 30. Cheers. I thought that was like, you know, her version of doing hot ones, but like, a little bit more interesting and more international, better um, host, better host. <laughs> and she was really chatty. And I think Adele seems like a really good hang. So the choices she's made that put that on display, I think are smart. I think it's really interesting. Uh, I was Nathan. I was glad that you pointed out early on in the series that you did not think any of these songs were about rich Paul. Cause I agree with you. I think they're all written pre rich Paul. Um, yes. and, <laughs> I'm relieved about that. I can't imagine like what a rich Paul breakup album would be like. Is it like, like reference to Lakers, to Anthony Davis? Like, I, I don't know. The code um, on the floor at the crypto.com center. The crypt. Um, yeah. I thought she looked incredible when she went to Lakers opening night with her leather outfit and her Louis Vuitton jacket. I loved it. Um, but I like the appearances where she talks about what she does at home and where she feels she's clearly comfortable. And I think when she's like playing celebrity, it's like less fun. That's like also why when she did carpool karaoke with James Corden, it was so great. She just like got to yeah. sing right. Nicki Minaj. Like Adele is a fan of stuff. She's a fan of makeup. She's a fan of dyeing her eyebrows. Adele, she's just like us. And so when she gets to be that person without the weight of having to play world famous Adele, which she has said she doesn't like, she's like way more fun. And so I think basically like I like off the clock Adele and I always love her music. Are you listening to 30? I am. Did it move you deeply? You know, it didn't at first. At first I was like, oh, this is good. This is better than I was expecting. Um, Wait, why? I, because because the run-up press made you like, meh, you just didn't like the choices? What um, set your bar low? I Two things. One- You didn't like uh, 25. One, I didn't like 25. Yeah. And two, I 
think that she talks about someone like you and the the success of 21 in a really strange, almost resentful way. And I, I, this is just all based on like, you know, me studying her interviews and whatnot, but I almost feel like she thinks someone like you is overrated and like wishes it was less popular and didn't have to sing it all the time. And like, if I had to sing a song about an ex who broke my heart, who I didn't want to think about, I'm sure I would feel similarly. And like, I, yeah. I actually like really wonder this about like, you know, big stars, like how many times have the Backstreet Boys performed? I want it that way. And like, yeah. do they hate it? James and like, Taylor has talked about fire and rain that he, it's, yeah, it's everything that he can do to just get off the couch and play that song. Yeah. Certainly not everything that a celebrity says in public is, is certifiably true to how they actually feel. She has spoken about feeling a responsibility at the very least to play the hits. Yes. And she said, like, if I spent my hard-earned money to go see someone and they didn't play what I was expecting them to play, I would be really disappointed. And I think it's, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but, yeah, you, you know, you see some arrogance in not yeah. doing that. You don't sign up for a Vegas residency if you're not willing to play the hits. But um, I think that she seems, like, dismissive of the success of 21. And maybe because 21 means so much to me, I, I feel sad about that. But as a result, I was worried that 30 wouldn't have like the emotional heft that 21 does because it, I was like wondering if she felt burned by exposing herself that way. So I was worried about it, but I am just so bowled over and moved by to be loved. I can't yes. think, I can't yes. think of a more perfect Adele song. And it's like, it is so incredible. And I think the final three songs on the record are just like a great run um, yeah. from hold it's from hold on to, to be loved to love as a game. Like it's just yeah. perfect. How do I feel so Mighty small when I'm struggling to feel it And so I the love that. The only analogy that I can think of for To Be Loved that, that has struck me since the first couple times that I heard it and after we recorded that episode, the only thing that's close to it for me is Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. Yeah, and... It, yeah, I, I agree. It is so unbelievable. Also, it's like so surprising that, you know, the cadence and the way that she like, like the, um, the poetry of it is so yeah. unexpected. Yeah. And the diction is just like different than a lot of her other songs. Um, yeah. and you know, I think the like the concept of, you know, I lied for you to be loved is just like, so it's so overwhelming. Uh, it's such an, an overwhelmingly beautiful and like heartbreaking song. And so, it's like the highest highs of Adele. Like, I think it's like instantly Adele Pantheon instantly, like, you know, ballad Pantheon. How many times will this be performed in talent shows for the rest of time? Right. Like, and so she's many. never going to play it. Right. And that's okay. Like, honestly, like I hate social media, but like, thank you Instagram for preserving oh, Adele singing I without know. makeup on her couch. So great. To It's amazing. Yeah. It's like, it's such a gift. The fact that she can also just like not even be sitting in proper position and like, just like looking shit. over her shoulder. Even and, just sitting down. But yeah. is that why she, is that why she, I want to ask you on the 21 stuff because she's also spoken dismissively of 19. Mm -hmm. And I just wonder if she really believes that or if there's this, you know, when she was on the Oprah interview saying, well, I, I'm not really that deep in real life, so I'm not sure where my art comes from. I feel like, is that still grounded in like an insecurity we, there's cordon jokes that she doesn't know that she's Adele. It feels like she knows she's Adele because she looks at her bank account and maybe now she has some celebrity friends, but I'm not sure she's ever fully walked into the talent that was on display in that Instagram post. You know, I have heard, I don't remember where, but I remember hearing that in the studio, she's like very, very firm and really like clear about what she wants. The and stories all say that for sure. Yeah. And she and has a real track record of of deciding what songs are going to make it and which ones but are not. But that's different than being believing clear. that you're great. Right. Um, I think she knows it. I okay. do. I think that she, I think that part of, I don't know where my art comes from is like 
almost like taking pressure off herself to explain it. I think she doesn't want to explain herself and that's why she doesn't like being celebrity. Um, I think she has a hard time squaring her, her immense success with some of her childhood and, and sort of wanting to have those things be of a piece when they just very aren't very much are not. Yeah. You know, when she was like, I can't afford London, like, of course she can afford London, but like, does she think that she can be posh? I don't know. Like, I think there's a whole, I think there's a lot of class stuff, you know, it's very British, um, that plays into it. I think she knows how talented she is though. Hmm. I agree with that. Just my feeling. I think a lot of it, I think it's much more about class sort of crisis than anything else. And so she's reflected on all that and thought through the fundamental sort of roots of all those feelings and she just doesn't want to talk publicly about it so she wants to control her image and control the words that come out in the same way that she's controlling in the studio i think so i mean if you look at the the 30 press tour we've learned very little nothing she confirmed that she's dating rich paul we already knew that she said it's about her her ex we knew she's divorced she said it's a letter to her son he's on the album like there's she deadlifts 170 pounds yeah I do think the one distinction is that she shows she shows evidence of her success and of what her life looks like a little yeah. bit more clearly. Yeah, totally. Than she used to. The voice memos are pretty intense. I don't care for them. Uh, I a, I, I don't care for me. them either, but but they they are. I mean, it's her son authentically asking questions about divorce on tape. Like that's yeah. a lot to reveal. Yeah, and her responses, by the way, you know, she could have potentially put herself at risk for being criticized as a parent for doing that. Sure, sure, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you I think I, it's too invasive. He's going to hate it when he grows up, isn't he? Totally. I think that I think she seems like she's so hard on herself that she probably thinks that no one else can be or. Or it's like she's so hard on herself that at anything else anyone says, she's probably thought of. Hmm. I think she she does believe she's great. I do think that. I also think she doesn't seem interested in like conveying to anyone like whether she's smart or not. Like I actually like until this conversation, I've never really thought to myself, do I think Adele is smart? It's sort of like it's sort of like irrelevant to the Adele conversation. She's such like a, a she probably is. I, I don't know, but like her intuition for voice for vocals is like so strong that it sort of like blocks any other kind of like assessment of her for me, at least. Well, she's very from the gut. She's not, she doesn't ever really present herself as like an analyst. Whenever totally. she talks about decision-making it's based on emotion or it's based yeah. on sort of impulse. Yeah. Well, that's what I, makes a lot of people love her. I think, and I think Nora, I think you put it really well a few moments ago when it's sort of like, if you are a wallower, like if you like to wallow in your feelings, like Adele is for you. So, and there's many people like that. <laughs> I'm a fucking wallower. Shouts to wallowers everywhere. Yeah. I So I have to admit that I'm not really a wallower. Like if I'm really sad, it's much, it feels much better for me to like take some of that off and give it you to somebody else. You listen to 10 minute all too well. Many times. You are a bit yes, of a wallower. And, and, and remember the, remember the, the key example anecdote from my own life about all too well that we had to go over like six different times yes my key all too well moment was when i decided that my heartbreak was not significant enough to be ascribed to all too well (laughs) 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 oh man i was gonna have to just like be over it because i needed to save that song for something greater and deeper and that the boy in question was not worthy of it I, that's great. That's a great fuck you to him. You're not even worth all too well. Um, I think also just for me on a person, totally personal level, I do really love like sharing my love for Adele with my friend. It's like a nice thing that we've like, have like have together. And I think that that's like a, a lot of like music and art that like, if you share it with someone who's like important in your life and it like takes on significance, there's that as well. I'm sure. You guys can relate with Taylor Swift. So I feel like the Swifty community is really into that as well. And I think that like it, it also just like there's because her music feels like a throwback and timeless. It's like a, it's like a kind of like a built-in nostalgia to it that is also like I think pretty powerful. Yep. All right, Juliet. Before we let you go, I need your top five Adele songs. Okay, I just want to say, these are my favorites. 
And I think sure. they're like mostly the best, but I, I, I think, um, I, I mean, this is like probably like an insane person's list, but here we go. Number five from 25. All I ask. Thank you, Bruno. Co-written by Bruno Mars. Number four, best for last previously mentioned from 19. I love best for last. Love, love, Whoa. love, love, love. And I'm all you need and that you never want more. I will be revisiting it after this conversation. It's fun. It's jaunty. It's different. I don't know. I just, I, I think it's great. That's yeah. what I love in my favorite songs is <laughs> jauntiness. <laughs> Number three, someone like you top breakup song. I mean, it's like gotta be top five all time. I, I mean, what else is even in the conversation? I'm sure you can Nora throw shredded a it a little bit on the pod. I so did not. It's I mean, not also, my favorite, but I think it's amazing. Okay. The video of her walking along the Seine in the black and black and white. I mean, yeah, that seems like a great way to just be sad. I love it. <laughs> it's that or in a windstorm for her in these videos. She loves a good windstorm. I don't like the Xavier Dolan videos. I actually don't like Hello that much. Like, it's good. It shows off her vocal range, but I think it's kind of boring. I'm with um, you. It's fine. Um, number two, to be loved. I mean, it's just like yes. so powerful. It's yes. so, so, so good. And then uh, my favorite song is from the Target limited release of 21. It is not available on Spotify. I don't know if it's on Apple Music. It is on YouTube where I play it often. Uh, Actually, it is on Apple if you buy the album because that's how I have it. It is I Found a Boy. But I found a boy who I love more than I ever did you. Dark Horse is like absolutely out of nowhere. (laughs) It is by far my favorite Adele song. Incredible. Tell us why. It's simple. It's like it's simple in the way that To Be Loved is. It is an amazing vocal performance. I think it's a great fuck you. It's I found a boy who I love more. I mean, it's like taking like the anger of someone like it's like taking the heartbreak of someone like you and moving on to the next stage of grief. And it's like, fuck you. I'm good. I found someone else. And uh, I think it's just like an astonishing vocal performance. And I just love a simple ballad. And that's that. And I, I fucking love it. I, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. I think it is by far her best song. Okay. I... How do you feel about the song? Perfect by Ed Sheeran. Darling, you I feel very complicated about Ed Sheeran. I could talk to you about it for five hours. Like, <laughs> okay, let's definitely do that sometime. <laughs> yeah. oh, um, I would say perfect is not one of my favorite Ed Sheeran songs, but I recognize that it is like very pleasant. I just think it owes a, a very significant debt to I found a boy. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Well, most Ed Sheeran songs. owe significant. Yeah. I, debt I also, for the songs. record, I also have complicated feelings about Ed Sheeran. Yeah. But I, uh, look, yeah. here's what I need to understand based on your list that you just gave us. Uh, last I checked, mm-hmm. the get-in price to go see Adele in Vegas is going to be $1,500. Mm-hmm. That is the yeah. lo- lowest price in the secondary market. If you want a decent seat, you're going to pay like 2x that. Oh, right? I, yeah. I think some were like going for Six as much as like and 30, even much. Yeah, yeah like 30000 or something like that. Yeah. Well, those are, those are just asshole scalpers trying to fish for suckers. Don't be a sucker. Don't bite that hook. But if you are going to bite that hook at some point and go, it's possible that she's not going to play your favorite two songs. How do you feel about that? I feel okay with that. She may only play two of the five that you just listed. Would you still want to go see her? I think she might only play one of five. I don't think she's playing. I don't think she's playing. I found a boy to be loved best for last or all I ask. Maybe to be loved. I could see her play all I ask. Uh, it's definitely a good one to do like in Vegas, I would say. Yeah, um, she has said she will not play To Be Loved, that she won't be able to do it live. It's so beautiful. Um, it doesn't matter. You want to you go for the vibe. I'd want to go for the vibe, but I have to say like Adele is so personal for me that like I'm okay with her not playing some of these songs because like I don't really like need to share it with an audience of strangers. Like I feel good about listening to it at home, in the car, in the shower, like whatever. Mm-hmm. And... I I think that's okay. I saw her uh, do like one of her warm-up shows at the Wiltern. Me and Amanda Dobbins went in the winter of 2016. And okay. it was like such an excellent Adele experience. She was like getting comfortable. It was like a pre-tour show. Um, 
And you know, the Wiltern is like what? 5,000 people. Uh, it's a pretty, yeah, it's like a small venue and we were on the ground standing room only, uh, or not standing room only, but like, you know, GA tickets. And it was so awesome. You did not pay $1,500 for those. I paid $0. Thank you to some lovely friends. Um, and it was great. Like I, I loved it. It was amazing. But like the music is so much more important to me than the person in some ways. And I think that she would be okay with that. That just like having the tunes and knowing she's doing her thing is like enough. Like I, I, uh, it's, and I will say it. And I say that as someone who saw the Backstreet Boys twice in Vegas and like was so excited to be standing next to Nick Carter that I fell over. And it's like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's incredible. I was so incredible. 100% sober. Really? Um, yeah, I'll send you guys a video. I respect that so much. Oh, but like the music just means so much to me that it's like okay to not see it performed live. Like to have it for myself is great. This is how I feel about Hamilton on Disney Plus. Like the things that I really love, like I'm just so happy to like have them at my disposal, like whenever I want. Like thank you to technology. So I don't know if I'm gonna make it for Adele in Vegas. I don't have fifteen hundred dollars for Adele in Vegas. Yeah. So I don't, you know, if anyone's got tickets, I accept. You feel defensive and protective of her voice. I mean, this is the fragility of that instrument, right? That's yeah. why she's doing Vegas to try to take it as easy as possible on her, I think. Well, she said that also it's because of COVID and, and whatnot, but I don't believe that. I think it's because she wants to take it easy and also hold out for stadiums where they're outdoors and you can make more money. But Nathan, like, aren't all the stadiums like going to be booked up? Like everyone's waiting to do their stadium tour. Yeah, there are a there are a record number of holds on stadiums for next summer. It's going to be huge, but I I don't think she belongs in a stadium. I don't yeah, think it she, works in a stadium. Yeah, a lounge, a lounge singer shouldn't be in the stadium. Yeah, a lounge singer. <laughs> she should be. She should do six thousand nights at Mastros. <laughs> I would go. That sounds awesome. That really does sound awesome. I will say, a Vegas theater is probably like where she should be, but I hate Vegas, and so I don't know if I'll be going. Well. A definitive knife in the entire tour of it. The secondary market just came down by 50%. (laughs) It was all a ruse. This is Juliet's plan. If someone gives me tickets, I will go, but I don't know. I just don't see that happening. They're hard to come by. Thanks for having me, guys. This has been a blast. Thanks for caring. You two are hard to come by, Juliet, (laughs) and you graced us with your presence. You've also been providing everyone with illuminating thoughts about Adele alongside Amanda Dobbins, fellow concert goer. Everybody can listen to all of that on the Ringer Dish feed. Lots of great jam session episodes dealing with our girl Adele. Julia, thank you so much. Can I just ask you one question? Sorry. I know this is an Adele podcast, but what do you think about Taylor Swift reigniting her friendship with Alana Haim when Alana Haim is going to be probably nominated for an Oscar? You know what's going on. I mean, you know what's going on. <laughs> okay. We can talk about it later. I don't Bye, care. Guys. I just have to, I just don't care. Like, the girl's a strategist. I, I, if, I, I if like I nobody, no crime, so it's fine. Yeah. I'm weirdly okay. confused about why we just got through her birthday without a release of something other than the I'm fact that she's friends that with Alana Haim now. I've also been scared to to, like, admit this online. I actually saw licorice pizza right after I, I saw one Nathan Hubbard uh, in New York this fall. I thought it was just okay. And I thought she was very good in it, but I thought it was like, eh, okay. I think movies need plots. Um, <laughs> I have been incredibly scared to voice this opinion. The Tricky. first thing that I heard anyone say when I went downstairs to the restroom at the theater after seeing the movie was some woman say, so it was good, but just having read the press about it, I was expecting like the greatest thing I'd ever seen. I really felt that. Um, and this is the safe space where I feel, feel okay. Voicing that opinion. Thanks so. for sharing. I haven't seen it. I don't know if I can take it. So uh, I'll get back to you. TBD. Thank you, Juliet. Thanks so much. Have a great auction. Can I ran for a sec? Uh, yes, please. Nora, you know, I love when you do pay apps are way too public. Uh Oh, what happened? Okay. So some rando hearted a payment from five months ago. And I realized people can see my entire history who I'm paying full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it is super weird. 
well, how are you going to pay your friends then? I'm asking for a friend. Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Accenture overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. All right. Thank you to Juliet. That was wonderful. Really hot takes. Have. Yeah. She really, I, I think we got to take Juliet, hot to Adele ma- Juliet to Mastro's. Yeah. That's probably my job. We're going to take producer Kaya and Juliet to Mastro's and I'm get not some invited. more hot Adele takes. Well, you I'm are. To Mastro's. Come on. Come on to LA. You, you told her you don't get the whole LA thing. So if you'll well, come. I just don't, it's you, not that I don't, it's, I, it's not that I don't think that I could have an appreciation and understanding for it. I just, I've never, I've never lived there. I don't understand it. It's very foreign to me. Maybe Mastro's is the way for me to get to know. I think it'll be our third hang, in-person hang. Okay, cool. We're going to know Mastro's. All right. Before we wrap this up for good, we are going to go through a little exercise where we build a six-track Adele LP not quite greatest hits because we're working within a budget here. We had to switch up the format a little bit because the Taylor Swift song draft got a little contentious and I just didn't want to put anything between us and our friendship. Thank you. I was a little concerned. I actually think the way that people do this, they could make it like a competition, but this is going to feel much better to me that we don't have to go head to head, mainly because... I really don't want to get shit on the internet for losing. Yeah, for a second time. That would be tough. What? Who said hello? <laughs> Sorry. Kaya, is this thing on? Didn't All catch right. that. So I'm going to do my best to explain uh, in podcast format how this works. But we're also going to put... We've got a lovely graphic from the Ringer social team. And we will put that up so that people can build their own little mini albums alongside of us. But the budget, the overall budget, you have to get to six songs. It's $33. There are $10 songs, $6 songs, $3 songs, and $1 songs. The $10 songs are Chasing Pavements, Make You Feel My Love, Rolling in the Deep, Set Fire to the Rain, Hmm. Someone Like You, Hello, Send My Love to Your New Lover, When We Were Young, Easy on Me, and To Be Loved. The $6 songs are Melt My Heart to Stone, Hometown Glory, Rumor Has It, Turning Tables, Remedy, Water Under the Bridge, Riverly, All I Ask, My Little Love, Oh My God, Can I Get It, I Drink Wine, and Hold On. There's some controversy in there already. Yes. So here's the thing is that people can argue about the the respective value. That's going to be the argument. There have to be ways to we didn't want to make it in a way where you just feel crappy about all of the lower priced song options. Like inevitably there's, there's some subjectivity in here and people can feel like they got the most value. Yeah. Yeah, It's a forcing function to make people leave off things that they really want to put on, which is what I love about it. Okay. We need to keep going on the $3 and $1 songs. Okay. Daydreamer, cold shoulder, crazy for you. Don't you remember? He won't go take it all. I'll be waiting one and only. I Miss You, Love in the Dark, Sweetest Devotion, Cry Your Heart Out, All Night Parking, Woman Like Me, and Love is a Game. Those are $3. Yes. And then the $1 songs are Best for Last, First Love, Right as Rain, My Same, 
Tired, Love Song, Million Years Ago, and Strangers by Nature. This is so maddening, and it has been for me, because you really, to play this game, you either have to take three home runs and three not-so-home runs, or you have to mix it up and cut off one of the... It's, it's really hard to pick just two of the big Adele songs to represent her. But that's sort of the fun part of this exercise for me. Juliet could just take all the 19 songs, most of which she are could. in the $1 category, and just pocket like 28 bucks. She could totally dominate it. She, she loves best for last. And right. yeah, she, she, she would be perfectly happy to present this. You and I, on the other hand, have a number of Adele songs that we were fully comfortable putting on the latest Elon Musk SpaceX rocket and just shooting <laughs> as far as we can into space, never to return. But there are so- equally I, I, there are equally songs that I, you know, insist that gravity hold them as close to uh, to Earth as possible. So let's get into it. Now, to be clear, we're building. We have a budget, though. We can only spend thirty three dollars, right? Because that's Adele's current age. So we only yep. get thirty three dollars. It's, it's like a salary album. cap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We get we only get $33 to build a six-song LP here. Now, between you and me, we're not going to draft, right? So in other words, if you pick, I don't know, let's just say you pick Rolling in the Deep, mm-hmm. I could still pick that, right? Correct. It's not like it's gone off the board. But people Correct. at home who don't want to or aren't afraid of getting something in the way of their friendship could potentially do like it's a fantasy football draft. And once Rolling in the Deep is drafted, it's gone. And you only, you know, then I would go next and I would pick whatever other song and you wouldn't be able to pick that. Not unlike the song draft. Yeah, totally. People can do what they want with it. But there is already that one one sort of limiting factor of the salary the budget. Cap. And it, it is revealing in its own right. All right, okay. Nathan, would you like to go this? first? Um, no, I, I really, I'll, I'll defer to you since, since I won last time. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, is that so? Okay. All right. Well, my strategy, first of all, is I decided that I wanted a deeper roster rather than top heavy light bottom. Oh, so I took two $10 songs. You're the Patriots. God damn it. You're the Patriots of Adele song drafts. It's nice to meet you. I chose Rolling in the Deep and When mm-hmm. We Were Young. Mm-hmm. We could have had it You still sound like the soul. My God, this reminds me of when we were young. Those are my two $10 selections. Then, in the $6 category, a personal favorite, Can I Get It? Because I long to live under your spell And without your love, I'm hollow Okay. That's, that's, see, that's already there's going to gonna be... That's, that's yeah, your Max and I just love that thing. song. Okay. I just totally love that song. All right. And do you think it's like highly representative? It's just the song just does it for you. It's just a groove. Okay. It's just fun. Yep. Fine. So then to round it out. So that's that's three songs. That's three out of six. So then I am at $26 there. So I needed okay, so to round we're... it out with two $3 songs and a $1 song. Oh boy. I tried the thing that that pushed me to only have two $10 selections is to your point in the ones, there are very few sort of deep cut things that I'm, I think, Oh no, secretly that's a gem. Nobody likes that song, but it's a gem. I I really didn't want a lot of songs in the $1 category, but I had to have one to make math work in the $3 category though. I took another personal favorite. I'll be waiting. And then love is a game. Love is a game for 
which was a little bit by default just to make the numbers work, but is a song that I would be happy to have on my album. And then my $1 selection was Right as Rain. Who wants to be riding a high when you just crumble back under? So I wound up with Rolling in the Deep, When We Were Young, Can I Get It, I'll Be Waiting, Love is a Game, and Right as Rain. I don't mind it. Thank you. I don't mind it at all. I love is a game. Interesting. Well, I really like that song. Yeah. I, it yeah. doesn't like mean very much to me, but I like listening to it and I needed something that was going to fit. So here we go. Did you consider a different strategy? I briefly considered loading up at the top just because the highs with Adele are very high, but it, it just means that there are songs on here that I really don't like. And there are no songs on my album that I really don't like. And I think that's, that was the direction I wanted to go in. Okay. Fair enough. The problem that I have with this, first of all, is that I forgot we were drafting six songs and I thought maybe we were going to draft five because if you only draft five, then your strategy would be like, all right, give me two tens. Give me two sixes. Now I'm at 32 bucks and I have a dollar song left. But no, you can't do that. It really prevents well, you. could. You. No, but then you have the- one fewer songs. And I think that's sort of like an automatic DQ when we're comparing. But if you really felt strongly that either, first of all, you don't have to spend the whole 33 bucks. I don't know why you wouldn't, but well, you have you're to not spend required the to. So the, and, and, but I think, you, yeah, you have to build six because really what I would have done in that case is I would have taken two two home runs but I think I think because I can't really take two of the six dollar songs, I feel very um, I, I, I'm either hot or cold on an Adele song, as we found through the course of this. There, there are no Adele songs where I'm like, meh, it's okay. It's like, oh, I love that song, or I'm kind of out on that song. I don't really, and I feel like the ones that I I want. I, basically, I'm the Rams, is what I'm telling you in this draft. <laughs> Because I'm going to go for the big stars and then I'm just going to fill out the rest of the roster with three songs that I just don't really connect with. But I don't care because I think you're going to overlook my weaknesses and just be blown away by my top three. That's sort of my approach. And my top three are, without question, to be loved. Filling rooms with all my hopes and fears. Uh, when we were young, so you and I have that overlap. Mm-hmm. And I just can't, I don't think I can live without Make You Feel My Love. No, there's nothing that I wouldn't do to make you feel my love. I just, that is the song for me that I, that is the appointment listening Adele song for me, along with To Be Loved at the moment, that I just go to it has a whole moment and a vibe for me, as opposed to what I find a lot of the time with an Adele album, which is that I love listening to it front to back, but it's sort of background more so than, oh, it's this song. I'm so you know focused on that one. So I fill out with those three big ones. And then, you know, I have to fill it out with three dollar songs and and these are songs that like i'd be okay shooting into the sun i don't really care because i think you're going to be so excited about the first three so my three that i pick are best for last thank you juliet uh love song you which I really can't stand, but I have to put something on this. <laughs> and you only gave me a dollar and million years ago because it makes me think of Phantom of the Opera. Life was a party to be thrown But that was a million years ago So those are the ones that I would pick. Honestly, I probably would swap out Love Song for uh, First Love. This has dried up and stay behind. Because I think First wow. Love from 19... 19- so you're not touching... To me, Right as Rain is the best value in the dollar category. It's the you only one so? of those songs that I like 
really tolerate. Well, look, what's hard for me on all this is to pass up songs like Rumor Has It. Now, Rumor Has It, she ain't got your love anymore. Rumor Has It. Which feels like mm-hmm. good value to me. Water Under the Bridge. which feels like great value to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, All I Ask, which I, I agree with Juliet, like the Bruno stuff is, is you know, really shines through on that. I, I think you that, know, that... You know the song that I was sad I couldn't, I couldn't afford? What? Under the budget? I drink wine. Stop trying to be somebody else. Okay. I was really yeah. bummed I couldn't. I was like, I don't know. I don't, again, I don't know that it means that much to me, but it was a song that struck me as, shoot, I would like to have access to that when I want it. Like when I want just sort of like a cozy, a cozy, a little loungy, very Adele song that's still up. Yeah. I want it. I like it. Yeah. I think that's fair. I, I, I mean, what do we think is there wasn't there wasn't money in the budget for it, but I just I wanted it. I was sad about it. Do you have any on reflection? Are there any over or under rated like value wise? What do we think? You know, I mean, love in the dark. I really think that's you know, I heard I heard Juliet's point on 25. That's the one for me that we've talked about. It sounds a little bit like a hostage video and that we know that one was about Simon and and there really is sort of a depth and emotion in there now, especially when you when you look back with understanding the context. For three bucks, hey, it's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, there's some good um I'm I like sweetest devotion. Again, I, I think I wish we'd said this like in the first five minutes of the first episode. I love Adele because Adele is amazing. I am fundamentally predisposed to not be the right person to listen to Adele because as we discovered with Juliet, I am not a wallower. Like I, it, mm-hmm. that's not my preferred mode of emoting. So I do weirdly like where I can find value is the more upbeat songs where everyone's like, screw this. This is not the point. I want to cry and listen to Adele, obviously. And I'm like, oh, sweetest devotion's pretty good. I definitely am swapping out love song for first love, by the way. I, the okay. more that I just am thinking about love song, the principle and concept of it is driving me insane. Um, <laughs> because there's so many other covers as we explored through the course of this journey that, uh, that I think are better candidates than that one was. Okay. But this was really good. This was good value assignment too. I don't think that you can argue that, that we massively over or underrated any of these songs, although I'm sure people will, and I'd be very interested to hear their case. I mean, Hold On is in an Amazon commercial. It's only six bucks. Not bad. But please do pay attention because we will be having a test on this on Friday. Amazon probably paid more. Uh, you know they did. You, you can put a million in front of that six. <laughs> I just have a feeling. Well, well, we've done it. We have done it. We've gone through Adele. This was very fun. I have to say, any, any last takeaways to this? I, for me, Nora, the thing that I sit with as I reflected on our journey and, and, and what I heard from Juliet too, I still don't have a great answer to this question of whether the universal accessibility of Adele is about her being actually specific in the language of her songwriting or being somewhat generic that allows people to pour their own stuff and their own meaning into these songs and, and that actually it, it is their their relative sort of they're not generic songs. That's the wrong way to say it. But some of the language in the songwriting is somewhat somewhat high level. And that without the specificity, either that we get from her as a human being or as a songwriter, the sort of soaring nature of her voice uh, allows people to sort of find bits of themselves in these songs. That makes for a great artist. That's what divas do. But that's a very, very, very different journey 
than the one we went through with Taylor Swift. Yeah. Well, I, I think to your question, I do think that it is the latter. I do think that just creating something that is very first person narrative, but doesn't have a lot of specifics that would make it about Adele. Like it's sort of about, it's about me. It's not about Adele. Adele happens to be singing it, but the me can be anybody. It can be you. It can be Juliet. It can be anybody who's listening. Then coupled with a voice that almost universally anyone would want to have that experience with, anyone would want to listen to. Because while we've we've pushed up against the edges a couple times of, okay, how many piano ballads can one person really do? How yeah. much can this voice just let every other element coast off of? The answer is not everything. The voice cannot just be the entire thing that they're selling, but it mm-hmm. can do an awful lot, right? Because listening to Adele is amazing. And if you already have that to add into it, songwriting that enables people to put themselves into it really easily. I think that's sort of the formula. Well, either way, we have two very different paths to being one of the handful of biggest artists in the world under our belt at this point. These are very uh, interesting paths that have come in different ways. One is about sharing every single part of who you are in public and in your songs. And the other is being very guarded. And yet it's Taylor who gets um, generally the knock of being super controlling about her image. And it's Adele who is found to be the universally accessible one. I I don't necessarily think those are, those are unfair uh, criticisms, but they are very different paths to being a huge star. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't think it's a secret, which one is, is more compelling to me personally, but they've both obviously been hugely successful for two different people who want different things and and have different paths. And that's what's what's interesting about diving into both of them and makes me excited to see where we go next. Thanks for the journey, Nora. See you soon, Nathan. This has been Every Single Album, Adele. I'm Nora Princiati. He's Nathan Hubbard. Thank you to Kaya McMullen for producing this episode. We will be back at a later date. See you soon. Mm